0: blog talk radio
1: today here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer we'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people we discuss new strategies tactics and philosophies Consulting.net or call Mike at 513 753 9400. Now, your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth.
0: Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Matt Maltz, a last minute stand in guest. Matt is president of Avalanche Ice Company Limited. Say hi to everyone, Matt. How you doing?
2: Thanks for having me, Mike. Great. I appreciate,
0: uh, really appreciate you coming in at the last minute. No Kelly had a problem and she's going to be on in a couple of weeks. Before we get started into the show, I figured I'd tell everyone who our guest tomorrow is going to be. It's going to be uh, Dr. Frank Wood. Frank is a PhD in psychiatry, and he is going to talk about his new program in stress reduction. Uh, Next week, uh, we have Bill McGrain, and Bill runs the McGrain Global uh, Centers, and He's going to talk about how to deal with difficult people and the appropriate way to ask questions. You may want to have some notes out when Bill's talking. Uh, the following uh, day, on oh, Friday, September 21st, we're going to have Tom Haggerty. He's an advertising agency owner and a, and a recruiter. He runs a company called Rogues, uh, which is an Internet-based Program for advertising agency and creative talent to uh, share their information and sell them information. Following week, we're going to have uh, Tom Duggar from the Boy Scouts of America. He's with the Dan Beard Council here in Cincinnati, and I think he's our executive director. The last guy I'll talk about is Bob Reedy. Bob is the is one of the original founders. I think he's chairman of the board now of lsi lighting systems inc and uh, they've built a tremendous company here in cincinnati private, a publicly held company now uh, in lighting systems and they're into gas station lighting and they're into uh, led lighting and he's going to talk about some of the exciting prospects uh, for the future and he's also going to talk about uh, what he and his partners did to get the company started since we're up to uh, what we did to get the company started. Matt, uh why don't you tell us the story of of how uh a guy from uh Anderson Township wound up in the ice
2: business. Sure, sure. Um Avalanche Ice uh spawned out of a family business. My uh my father my whole life um was running a, a second generation poultry company called Moats Poultry. And I grew up in that business with my dad and my three older brothers and my mom. Um through the summers growing up we would work with dad and um came to my my early to mid twenties and um Moats Poultry was experiencing not being able to make enough ice for the operation. We were a a slaughterhouse and a fresh pack of poultry. We never froze our poultry and shipped packaged in ice. So in the in the late nineties and early two thousands we were actually buying ice from a, a local company to keep up with production and we were spending a lot of money on ice and we decided to So in those days you were actually packing fresh chickens in ice correct. for shipment. Correct. Okay. And we shipped in the tri state um in that, in that fresh fashion, and we couldn't make enough ice, so we were buying this ice, and we had to do something about it. We couldn't go on uh, sustaining buying ice for that operation, so I got together with my dad, and we actually put in a 15-ton a day ice machine of which he needed half of that production for his operation, and I went into business um, buying that that excess ice, from my father Uh, bought a small bagging machine and I rented a room within the poultry company from my dad and I would do church festivals and things of that nature on the weekend on a very small scale. Um, Are you still using that same ice machine? It is still in our production. Um, uh, This year we added another 20 ton a day. um, That was an
0: an interesting ice machine when I was out at your plant to take a look at it. Yeah. Uh, Instead of making ice Cubes it form the ice around a
2: metal cylinder, correct, yeah, it's about a three inch tube um in in my um uh, in my world, they call that a fragmented ice machine uh it makes a mish match shaped piece of ice at, when it's broken up on the screw augers uh, and then I just this year added uh, a tube ice machine uh that makes that uh circular. Ice with a hole down the middle. Okay, so you <clears> have two types of ice. Correct.
0: Good. Um, Matt has actually agreed to uh, take questions on the show. So if you want to call in and uh, ask Matt a question, uh, we will take the calls during the uh, the break and more or less in the order they come in. The number to call is 646-595-4916. So... Now you said, Matt, you have two ice machines and yeah. uh, an ice cube with a hole in the center.
2: Mhm, it makes a much more uniform piece of ice uh that is good for for our operation um in handling the ice and uh the the restaurant type business that we do really enjoys that when they're making a mixed drink, they have a uniform piece um so we we kind of move that into that that end of the business, and then our fragmented ice is good for, you know, if you were driving through a drive-thru and you wanted to ice down a cooler, that that Morris machine makes a very nice product for for icing down. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Some people have told you that
2: the the ice is the best
0: to chew. Tell us about
2: that. (laughs) I get get a lot of people that call uh, their ice chewers. Um, They just really enjoy avalanche ice to, um, you know, some of these people are eating up to a, a seven-pound bag of ice a day, which is really incredible to me, and I, I hope their teeth are making it all right. But uh, apparently I have the best chewing ice. <laughs> uh. well, ice
0: the doctors always say ha-
2: drink a lot of liquids every day, and I guess if you chew seven pounds of ice, you're going to get a lot of liquid. It is true. It is true. Um, I guess to go on um, with what we were talking about in the beginning, how I got into this business, we I was going along – uh, in that fashion, um, in my early 20s, mid-20s, uh, buying the excess ice for my dad's operation, he needed seven tons a day, definitely, and I had up to seven or eight tons a day that I could buy from him. So at that point, we, we signed a contract together. Um, I could buy all the ice I could up to seven tons a day, mm-hmm. and if it ever came down to him needing ice or me needing ice, you know, he got it. He got it. He got it. Okay. So... It came to early 2000, 2002, and we were fighting for ice. I was selling more than seven times a day, and um, I was coming at 2, 3 in the morning just to get enough bags to get through the day where he could have enough made to get his operations started in the morning, so it got to be a pretty hectic time, uh, and just by the the planets aligning. He had to end his business. He sold his, his business in 2003, and I was able to move into the whole building and take over the... the I had seven more tons to play with at that point. Okay. Um, and then time went on, and here we are. We were th- three years ago from today. We were back in the same boat. I was selling more than 15 tons a day, and I had this 15-ton machine, so I began actually having to buy ice from other ice companies to keep my production running in the summer. Why does that happen? I, uh, I was <laughs> going out and selling my business and selling more than I could make. And you did that via, via Sandler sales, sales training. I had, I met you, Mike on a, on a cold call. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you, um, um, long story short, I, I joined, joined Sandler sales training about five years ago. Um, and one of your guys cold called me and within classes i remember you always saying that you should envision your customer as with his hands in his head you know his, his head in his on his hands and he's you know having a dismal day and that's where you found me <laughs> and i was here the next day and i uh, i joined soon after and um, so that was 5 years
0: ago that i've been doing the, the the sales training so we had a problem for about 3 years of not being able to making up ice correct yeah so we,
2: i was buying buying ice uh probably up to 20 tractor trailer loads this summer just to keep my production going along with the 15 tons we were making a day uh, again i was uh, in a very hectic situation of of taking all the orders taking the business adding new business and not having the ice to be able to sell and when you buy it you just you don't make any money on it you're keeping your business running but you're just watching trucks leave every day, and you're, you know they're not making any money.
0: Yeah, and you're you're paying for the fuel, and you're right. paying for
2: the labor. After you buy it and distribute it, you're at best making pennies.
0: Yeah. So this year, you decided to, to take the plunge and put in a second machine.
2: I did. We, um, we started the project in February. Um, we had to... Do a lot of uh, reworking of the building, plumbing, electric, making room for this new ice machine. I had to move my present machine within the same room it was in, uh, open up a wall, have a rigging company, rig this machine in, and all the cooling towers and electric and plumbing that went along with that project. So we, we started that in February, and the week before the 4th of July, we finally got that second machine online. So we're making 35 to 40 tons a day now. Uh, which couldn't have come any sooner. We got that online, um, like I said, the week before the 4th, and then all the stars aligned, and we had the 4th of July. We had power outages, and we had 100, 110 degrees in temperature, uh, and I was off and running, making 40 tons a day, and I was selling ice to other ice companies. Um, a McDonald's uh, distributing group came and was buying tractor trailers for me. So we... We were really able to get both those machines online, see everything working at 100%. It was a really, really beautiful time to be able to keep all that running.
0: Yeah, and you had a good winter to put it
2: in, too. We did. Uh, never seen a winter like that. Um, typically, in the ice business, I'm doing a good 60% of my business between Memorial Day and Labor Day, and the rest of the year is... is is slow and we saw a pretty drastic increase with that with that warm winter and then feeding right into the summer we have, which was really good for the ice business.
0: Good, good, and the uh, new machine allows you to not spend as much money on trucking of ice.
2: Correct, and you know when you buy that ice, it's you know you're paying for the truck to get it there. And then you got to put it on your truck. What you're paying for, I guess the only thing you're really losing is the cost of the bag that's coming. You're actually distributing another company's ice with their name on it, which looks horrible when you're putting it out in your own ice boxes. And mm-hmm. yeah, you, know, you do what you got to do, but uh, it's it's not the most advantageous thing. Good.
0: Uh, we're going to take another break. A break here, Matt. Okay. And uh, again, if anyone wants to call in with Matt, a question for Matt, the number is six four six. Let's listen to uh, a couple of Sandler commercials. Why do some business owners make lots of money while others endure years of mediocrity? Is it really the economy, the market, the weather, the competition? No. These are all called excuses, which are always plentiful. Hi, I'm Mike Roth, founder of Roth & Associates. I'm the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. As a business owner or part of a team, are you accepting excuses from your sales team because you make them yourself? Business winners succeed in spite of this trash. Business winners invest in themselves and their people. For over 15 years, we've been coaching, training, and challenging professionals who are 100% committed to long-term sales growth and profitability, no matter what it takes. If you're deadly serious about increasing your sales, call me at 513-646-6523. I'm the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. To find out how Sandler training can make you better, faster, and stronger, Call 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. If you're a salesperson or a company owner, my message is critical for you. Today, I want to talk to you about the real secret of getting out of debt. Earn more money. Most salespeople and owners want to sell more at a higher price with better margins, but don't know how. I've helped hundreds of people and companies grow over 30% per year by making an investment in themselves. Albert Einstein said, Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. I teach my clients new and different strategies, tactics, and behaviors that get dramatic results. I'm not for everyone. I'm tough, expensive, abrasive, and not politically correct. But if you want results, we need to talk. Call me at 513 646 Six, five, two, three, Give me your toughest questions, then, if you qualify, I'll invite you in for a free meeting five, one, three, six, four, six, six, five, two three. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Matt Moats uh Matt, if uh someone is listening today and they have a desperate need for ice
1: mm-hmm.
0: after five after the
2: show is over, how do they get a hold of you? uh you call Avalanche Ice, which is five one three seven three five one four two three and I'll personally answer the phone. That's good.
0: Okay. Uh Matt, in the marketplace today. Uh well first of all how how do you go to market?
1: Uh
2: I I've I've always been a you know starting the way I did uh from ground zero. Um it's always been a rather grassroots way of meeting my marketplace, and I I still um, handle my business in that way. I'm, I do not have a sales force on my own sales force, um, and through Sandler Training, I was able to learn an effective way of doing that. Um, I was kind of, for Sandler Sales Training, I was going out in the marketplace, uh, getting the name out there unaffectively. Uh, I was gaining business, but not at the rate I wanted to, so... I'm still going face to face with the convenience store, the the, the drive through, owner, the grocery store, the restaurant, and I'm I'm putting myself out there uh, doing that sales. It's uh, actually the, the part of the business I love the most, being out with the customer, um, which I I continually try to find more time to be doing.
0: So Matt, besides uh, bagged ice, uh, what are the other product lines that Avalanche sells?
2: We do a. Um block ice business Uh, we do sculpture Um, got into this about two years ago where we started tell
0: us more about the sculptures Uh,
2: you know we do a lot of weddings Uh, these event halls will use us for their weddings and uh, parties Uh, we have a product called a liquor luge uh, a drink luge doesn't have to necessarily be alcoholic but it normally is but the college parties and you know people just having parties at home I really enjoy this product that you it's made out of ice, and you actually pour your drink of choice through the ice and chill it, and then you drink it off the other side.
0: Is that is that a custom order product?
2: It is. Uh, we can do logos. Uh, you know, do a lot for the Bengals uh, tailgaters and get bring them down to the stadium the day of uh, when they're when they're down there tailgating for the game.
0: Okay. Uh, are there any other ice products that you sell?
2: There's not. Just bag dice in, in these and these. Uh, these sculptures and luges. Uh,
0: so you're not doing any of the ice machines?
2: Oh, I am.
0: <laughs> oh, so that's another product line. <laughs>
2: I'm forgetting all the things I do, I guess. Um, a lot of pressure here on the show. <clears throat> I, I threw another company uh, called Easy Ice. Um, I'm their local rep. Uh, for Mostly pinpointed towards uh, bar and restaurants. Uh, we do a a monthly lease. Option for a Hoshizaki ice machine is our line of ice machines, and I actually sell those on um, their in town guy. So, their, their deal is that you pay a monthly fee, you get the machine, brand new Hoshizaki machine, all parts, and labor, and backup ice for that machine. So, if your machine's down, there's one called Easy Ice, and ice is on the way, and uh, tech is on the way to fix your machine at no cost to you.
0: So that comes from two different directions. The Avalanche Ice Company delivers the replacement ice, Mm -hmm. and a uh, air conditioning uh, ice machine mechanic comes out separately uh, to repair your machine. So if you need parts and it's going to be down for two days, you're still going to have ice. That's a great deal.
2: Yeah, it works out well for the person. It's totally hands-off. You don't have to deal with column, you know, paying all the cost of, of, of fixing that, you know, your compressor's out, it's gonna cost you two thousand dollars to get a new compressor and it's all built in, so there's no added charge, it's just that monthly fee that you can build into your, your budget.
0: What do you think the uh possibilities and opportunities are in the marketplace?
2: It's um yeah, you know, certainly this summer it was it was pretty endless. Uh, ice was very much needed this summer. Um my my opportunities in my, I have a lot of room to grow. Uh There's a lot of business out there that my competition has, and I, uh, just to put it in perspective, um the competition's probably making somewhere around the line of 400 tons a day in the city alone, and I'm making 40 tons a day. So, there is a, it's very lopsided, a lot of room to grow. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of places I need to be still.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Have you ever thought of expanding beyond the Cincinnati marketplace?
2: I think it's a possibility. Uh, I like Cincinnati. I um, was born and raised here. Uh, recently married and starting a family here, and I, I think it could be a possibility down the road. But for the time being, I concentrate here in Cincinnati.
0: What do you think the biggest obstacles are for business growth over the next two or three years?
2: My, uh, you know, when I when I got started in this business, I you know. I worked hard. You put ice in a bag. You hump ice on the truck, and and everything worked well like that for a while. And uh, then I had to realize that I was running a business, and uh, there's a lot behind the scenes of running a business, as all small business owners know. And it, it, I had no background other than just growing up in a small business of how you know the taxes, everything that get you know everything that goes along with making your business run. And um, it it was rather difficult for me to get the knowledge and, um, you know, learn how to, to run that into the business, which, you know, I still do on a daily basis, I think. Um, do you do
0: the, your own uh, accounting?
2: I do. Uh, it's becoming to the point where I'm... A QuickBooks like, guy? Yeah, I am a QuickBooks guy.
0: Okay. Yeah. One of our prior guests, Skip Laylock, mm-hmm. in Rotary. You know, you'll see him next week at the Rotary Picnic. Those of you who want information about the Rotary Picnic, call my office. Seven five three ninety four hundred Thursday afternoon, the twentieth of September, from four to seven p.m. Great car show.
2: Yeah, I usually to go every year, and I'm actually bringing the ice down at that event.
0: And one year, you actually did a fantastic luge.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Are you doing a sculpture this year?
2: Uh, well, I'm, I'm experiencing block ice uh, capacity problems this summer. Um, I haven't been doing much. Uh, so
0: block ice capacity. How yeah. well, is well, I a, a block of ice frozen? Uh,
2: I have a machine called a Klein Bell machine. Uh, so it makes two 300-pound blocks every three days. It's a very long process of uh, Whoa. making block ice.
0: takes three days to
2: make a block of ice? It does. It does. Um, on that size of a block. Uh, you can make compressed ice, the snow that we, we throw away from our... From our bagged ice production, uh, can be pressed into a block and sold, but it, it's not a good product, and the can people uh, don't like it. You cannot sculpt that type of ice either, so we we steer away from doing that. And to make that good, hard, crystal clear ice, you gotta you gotta use this bow machine. It is a long process, so. The amount of business that we got from the snow cone people this year just chewed up everything I could make. I, I probably haven't done any sculpture in three months because everything we could possibly make was going out the door in you know, a little six-inch block for the snow cone.
0: Snow cone machines, interesting. So, what do you, you power saw mm-hmm. the uh, the big gigantic block of ice down to the size for the snow cone machine?
2: to Score it out on the ice and then you cut it with a chainsaw. Ah.
0: Uh, bag it. That's great. I've, I've seen you cutting ice with a chainsaw. That's of demos.
2: It's a little bit dangerous.
0: <laughs> Glad it's you, not me. I
2: had some broken toes because of uh, not not wearing steel toes in the in the beginning days of that. And I, I yeah,
0: I, I remember one of those. So uh, <laughs> you've now got a rule in your plant that everyone's got to wear steel tip shoes.
2: I don't walk into it without steel tips on. Hard hats. <laughs> not hard hats, but you haven't gone to hard hats yet. No. no. Goggles. The next thing will be hairnets. Where, uh, the whole industry is kind of moving uh, to make ice, which it is, a food product. And uh, and that's really the, the USDA uh, Department of Agriculture is what we're inspected by now. But it's slowly moving into the USDA and, and in the near future where it's going to be like a, a, a poultry plant uh, in the way that the regulation and uh, hairnets and, and all the things that go along with the food product. Mm-hmm. So the industry is really moving that way and it's trying to to make itself that way that it is a food product, which it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So in, in the existing building, do you have room to expand again?
2: I do. Um, storage is my problem now. Um, we make, we're making the ice... Uh, Right now, it, it almost fast. We're making it's going on trucks, and soon we'll be slowing down. Where uh, I'll need to start storing ice, where we can shut equipment down, and every winter we do you know, full rehabs on on motors and things that need help. And um, we need to have weeks of storage to be able to shut something down for that period of time. So, one of the projects this winter will be freezing uh, a whole whole nother room that'll store 50 pallets. Uh, we'll put in all the insulation we need in the refrigeration and. We'll Wow, storage.
0: Okay, so you're gonna put added storage in another room. that It wasn't as cold. How cold does that ice storage room have to be?
2: Well, my room's about 25 degrees, 24 or 25. Um, you don't need real a tent for for packaged ice. Once it's ice, uh, you know you can keep it ice at a, at a fairly high. You know, obviously below freezing, but you know, keeping it at 24 or 25 degrees will will hold that ice for weeks and months.
0: Mhm. I guess in the winter time too, you could just open up the door. And
2: <laughs> I've considered that. <laughs> and there's parts of the building I can't do that in because there's no door on the outside of some of those rooms. But uh, the whole the the truck loading area. If we had a refrigeration problem in January, I could just swing the door and we'd probably be fine.
1: Mhm.
0: Okay. That's an interesting solution. We're always looking for uh, for interesting solutions. Uh, <laughs> What do you think people are looking for now in the way of ice? Well,
2: uh, you know, you, it's amazing. I, I, in this, in what we were speaking about before, I, I make two different types of ice, and I think I've, I've, I've learned a long time ago that you can never make everybody happy. Uh, as soon as I started that other, that tube ice into the operation, I got calls from the other side saying, "Bring back the, the fragmented ice," and then, you know, half the. Customer population is like, oh, we love it. We, you know, we, you know, we never want the the fragmented ice again. So, I think the the consensus is um, that the tubular ice, it's a harder, denser ice, lasts longer, looks nicer, more uniform in the bag. Uh, I think if I had to say it one way or another, uh, that tubular ice is actually working out better for us. So, I do like the fragmented ice personally. So if you were going to buy another ice machine tomorrow, it sounds like you'd buy another tubular ice machine. Correct. It, the the brand name is Vote V O G T Vote Ice Company. They're from Louisville, and um, I would the next machine I buy will be another Vote machine. I got a spot for it, ready to go. Another twenty ton machine as soon as I need it.
0: Good. Hopefully you'll need it for next summer. <laughs> I hope so. What we're going to do now, Matt, is take a uh, another uh, break. This time we're going to listen to a. Uh, a Sandler rule. We're going to listen to Sandler rule number 34. we listen. And if you, again, if you have any questions for Matt, feel free to call in at 646-595-4916.
3: Hello, I'm Jerry Weinberg, Sandler Training, and I'm here today to talk about Sandler Rule Number 34, which says work smart and not hard. So one of the things we need to do when we're involved in in going after a a prospect is to learn how to qualify and disqualify early on. Uh, It's been my experience, you know, having done this for many, many years, as we coach our clients, as, as we train them that they seem to spend many of them an incredible amount of time chasing following up business they're never going to get and for goodness sakes if you're going to follow you know finish second why do you even want to bother being in there we don't get paid on experience and frequently what happens is we, we have a prospect maybe who's on our top ten list, let's say, and we want so badly to meet them, and we finally get an appointment with Mr. or Ms. Big, and, and uh, we're brought in there, and uh, next thing you know, we're doing a proposal to a totally unqualified situation. And uh, maybe it's a much larger piece of business than we normally would be working with. And we wind up and Think It Overland. And next thing you know, we're following up and we're, we're making phone calls and, and we're sending emails and nothing's happening. I'll tell you what is happening is we're not prospecting because we're spending too much time with prospects we're never going to do business with. In fact, I'd like you to write that question down and kind of track it over the next several days. How much time do I spend following up, chasing business I'm never going to get, and how do I suffer with that? One of the ways that you can work around that is instead of going after a a large chunk of dollars, start with a smaller piece. We call it a monkey's paw. Get some dollars, maybe for an assessment, maybe for a pilot program. You'll also keep your competition out of the picture. You'll at least feel like you're making some progress and then you can make it work better. So again, Jerry Weinberg, Sandler rule number 34, Work smart, not hard.
0: This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Matt Moltz. Matt, we have a, uh, a thesis here that simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong. Therefore, if you want to solve a complex problem, you usually need a complex solution. I was hoping you could give our audience an idea of a complex problem that you guys have had over there at Aval- Avalanche Ice, and maybe an equally complex solution that you used to solve it, and the solution might be replicatable in a different industry.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly the most complex problem, and it seems very simple, Um but it was was certainly complex, at least for me in my, in my business. Uh, the most complex problem I dealt with in the last three years is not being able to make enough ice. Um, and how, you know, I I actually went for about a year and a half, two years of, of planning out what was going to happen when I made this addition. I knew it was, it was inevitable. It was coming. I had to do it to be more profitable and to stay afloat. Really. Uh, I had to get more ice making capability in and it, sounds easy and it, it, it really is not it, it took um you know once we started the project of of adding more ice c- capability, it, it's just endless amount of you know you need your your plumber your electrician you got to buy the machinery you got to get it there you got to rig it into the building you have to open the building up to get that you know this is a 16 foot tall eight foot diameter piece of machinery that weighs 30,000 pounds so um how'd you get that through the door uh, I use a company called Fenton Rigging. Uh, those guys out there uh, came multiple times throughout this project. The cooling towers on the roof had to be craned up, and this machine had to be put into the building. And I, I'm sitting there on the ground looking at this machine, like, how is that going to go from there to there? And they, they made child's play out of it, and they, they did a great job for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, pictures of that happening on your website? Uh, not on the website, out on Facebook. Um, there's pictures of that going in, and uh, you can you can see all that on Facebook. But it was it was something to see for sure. It was a pretty amazing feat. How uh, long
0: does the the installation
2: actually take? Uh, Projects start to finish. Uh, I mean, we we still now even have a few loose ends to close up. Uh, once we slow down and we can shut the machinery down, we got got a few things just <laughs> rigged together to, that work throughout the summer here. But um, started that project in February uh so march april may june july august and most of september you know we we had that machine running the week before the fourth of july but until we can slow down and finish that project there's a few loose ends but a good three months of uh everyday long days getting that getting that together
0: and how do you handle a complex problem of financing a machine like that? I imagine it wasn't something you took out of petty cash.
2: No, no, no. Uh, you know, certainly and and any small business owner out there that's listening to this, you know, that's always a problem of growth to be able to have the money to do it and not bankrupt yourself uh, and have enough capital to have day-to-day operations going. Um, for the machinery, uh, I was – Actually, in a good situation with a company, I buy a lot of machinery from. They're called Modern Ice. Uh, they're here in Cincinnati, and they deal everything from buying staples and wire to closure bags to building an ice plant. So they they actually really helped me in the financing and finding that machine. I got a I feel and in talking in industry, I got a really good deal on the machine. Uh, it's a used piece of equipment that's been rehabbed, and we, you know, they helped me out a lot in the in the financing end of that.
0: So you, you got a better deal from the uh, distributor than you did would have gotten from a bank? Yes,
2: most definitely. Did you check banks? I did. Really? I did. Um, I don't know if I should go on air speaking of what the financing exactly was. But no, no, don't do that. Mm-hmm. But the
0: financing that the distributor was able to provide was better than the financing from uh, your own
2: business most, bank? Most definitely. Wow, that's interesting. Very interesting. I I didn't expect it to turn out that way. I f- figured for sure I'd be going through a bank, and uh, didn't have to.
0: Yeah, so that's really good deal. Good. So the the complex series of solutions sounded like you had to uh, become a general contractor.
2: Yeah, I did. I I you know I I had. Uh, by the grace of God, I uh, I grew up in a business, and my dad taught me. Um, he was kind of a jack of all trades. He, if I had, you know, just remembering back to childhood and, and early adulthood, if there was ever any question about anything, really, but you know, in our situation, what we're talking about now about machinery and refrigeration and plumbing, uh, Dad really had that knowledge, and he taught all of us boys um, how to do that work. So honestly, I did this whole job with me. My next older brother, Bart, and my oldest brother, Nick, um, between the electric and the plumbing uh, and organization, Nick uh, and Bart, were I would have never been able to do it without them. So fortunately, in my situation, I had a lot of that asset of, of that knowledge within my own family. And um, and just with my brothers, obviously, I had other refrigeration people and other equipment people in there, but um, it really lessened the load of being able to do that in-house. Sure. Okay,
0: uh, we got a couple of minutes before we're going to take another break.
2: Uh, what are you
0: doing on the web, Matt? Uh,
2: I I have a website, uh, avalancheice.com. Is it ice cold? It's ice cold, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you click on that link and your machine freezes every time. Okay. Uh, uh, and then you know, just a, a a Facebook page and and the website is really all I'm doing web. Um, you find that you're getting leads from the uh, internet? I am getting more leads by word of mouth, I I think, Mm -hmm. to be totally honest. Um, Locally, um, just dealing with the customers I am, it's a very close-knit group out there, the people that are in the convenience stores. And when when one person's happy, it it, it seems to be moving uh, in that direction, and I have to you know, go out personally, and I'm and I'm on the pavement, and I'm I'm getting in front of these people. Mhm. And uh, each one of your bags of ice has your phone number on it. It does.
1: Mhm.
2: So you, I have that, and then, uh, you know, in the restaurant business, I I I did go out at one point. A lot of people are just hitting, you know, ice Cincinnati. Say a restaurant, their machines down, and they need ice instantly. Uh, started a, a, a an end of the business called avalanche ice on demand uh in which a smaller truck is always on call up until usually in the summer months about eleven o 'clock at night we try to cater to the times that restaurants and bars are in in full swing in operation so we we do an emergency delivery. To those facilities and those in those companies, um, so they're finding me on the web uh, by clicking in "ice Cincinnati" or "ice deliver Cincinnati." It brings it. We're trying to cover, get our best positioning, obviously on Google and all those uh, those type of things uh, to make. So, I, do you have a web marketing
0: person in your company? Do you outsource that? Do you do it yourself? Uh,
2: my sister-in-law owns a company, uh, a design business company, in my in his. Uh, that's my oldest brother Nick and and his wife. Uh, they've done all my my web design, uh, my positioning on the web, and my my actual design of, of logo and everything. So it's, it's actually within my family again that uh, we might it. want to tell them about this show. You know, we,
0: we are we are doing a series uh, through October November on uh, advertising agencies and uh, web <laughs> development.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Mary Beth uh, Wilker Design is her company. Uh, she's down on Riverside Drive. If you know where Eli's Barbecue is on Riverside Drive, they're uh, they're directly next door. Yeah. But so Mike's handing me cards. Yeah.
0: You well, <laughs> work card and I listen will. to you on the show. And <laughs> she might want to be on. She might not. Not. We, we've had uh,
2: Ken Saunders
0: on from Search Engine Experts mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. And there's there's a multi multitude of aspects of the the internet play. Uh, so, are you using anything like uh, Pinterest? No,
2: no, not no, no. I, I, um, I will say I've, I've made leaps and bounds in uh, my, my ability from when I started of, of even how to really run a computer to tell you the truth. But, uh, um, we, um, you know, I, I've learned a lot uh, just on the business end of it. Over the last twelve years I guess this is my twelfth year in business. I was just thinking about that on the way over how long I've been doing this in my, my first real year in business with two thousand and one. So is that twelve? That's yeah, this is eleven or twelve going into going into twelve years in business. Depends on how you want to count. It's like yeah, I like to be on the upper side. It's like me and Sandler. Uh, I started
0: November first of nineteen ninety two. And they've already set me my plaque for twenty years in the Sandler business. <laughs> Take a, uh, a break here, Matt. All right. And, uh, again, if you want to call in, 646 595 4916. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. If you're a salesperson or a company owner, my message is critical for you. Today, I want to talk to you about the real secret of getting out of debt earn more money. Most salespeople and owners want to sell more at a higher price with better margins but don't know how. I've helped hundreds of people and companies grow over 30% per year by making an investment in themselves. Albert Einstein said, Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. I teach my clients new and different strategies, tactics, and behaviors that get dramatic results. I'm not for everyone. I'm tough, expensive, abrasive, and not politically correct. But if you want results, we need to talk. Call me at 513-753-9400, 513-753-9400, extension 102. Give me your toughest questions. Then, if you qualify, I'll invite you in for a free meeting. 513 753 This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. At the first sign of trouble, there are three types of business leader. The first type of leader is like a turtle. He pulls his head and tail in and hides in his shell. Turtles hunker down, just trying to survive. The second type of leader is an opportunist. They're like eagles. Eagles spread their wings and take advantage of the winds. They catch the storm wind and rise to new heights. The third group, between turtles and eagles, are called turkeys. Turkeys are average and anxious. They huddle together and move. They never soar. However, turkeys are easy prey for those who seize the opportunity and soar. If someone in your industry goes out of business, are you going to get the business? The question is, which type of leader are you? Will you seize the opportunities to take market share and grow, or will your fate be like the turkeys? If you're serious about growth, call me to arrange a confidential meeting, five one three six four six six five two three. Or check our website at Rothconsulting dot net. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Matt Motes. Uh Matt, in the uh the final segment, let's talk about uh your employees. Sure. Uh you have a seasonal business. I do. So, you know, in the in the off season, in the winter, you're going to have what percentage of
2: number of employees that you have during the summer? We come down to a skeleton crew. Uh, I, you know, not to go into how many employees I keep in the summer, but I I I keep the drivers, um, which consists of about three employees. Um, we. It's so drastic from in-season to out-of-season that you can really get, you know, I, I try to keep my drivers uh, all year round and they actually go into bagging ice and, and other operations within our off-season. Um, and then once we, we get closer to season in the spring, I I really run this business on a lot of college-age kids. Um, we How do you find employees? Uh, a lot of it's word of mouth and family friends. They're kids and I try to get them when they're seniors in high school or juniors in high school and then uh, if they stay in town for college they, they usually stick with me through college and you know it's it's probably a job they don't see themselves doing their whole life um, but they, they really enjoy it while they're in that that transition of being in school so it when they're off in the summer that they're there working and when they, they go back to school about this time and then they're off for, for winter break around the holidays when we're, we're we're fairly busy again around the holidays and they and they come in on their break then and then we're extremely slow until spring and it just, it works well with that, that college age kid uh, as far as the bagging and people around the plant and some of the smaller deliveries. And we we have a commercial, we have commercial trucks that we run our routes on, so I actually need a driver that has a CDL, which is a commercial driver's license. Uh, and the amount of weight we are hauling, I need that 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 driver's license. So we, I'm trying to. It's a little more difficult uh, keeping those guys and finding them and the good ones and. Uh, and well, try- I suppose a lot, so I can see you need a commercial driver's uh, license. Yeah, and it's it's you know, don't kid yourself. It's uh, it's pretty manual labor. It's um. You know, when I got started, I I went for the first five years doing the whole ops by myself, and probably in the best shape I was ever in in my life at that time. And um, you bagged the ice. I bagged the ice. I delivered the ice, and I I did all the bookkeeping. Yeah, turned into so delivery is, is a simple word, but it really means loading the truck. Unloading the truck loading the, the truck yeah, correct uh loading the truck's probably the easiest part, it's all on pallets, and you can just drive it on the truck, but when you actually get to your stop, your convenience store, or wherever you may be, it's you've got a two wheel dolly and you, know, you stack about twenty bags on there and you're out onto a lift gate of the truck down to the ground, over to the ice box, fill the ice box, and you know you do that about four times to get their box filled up, so rather labor intensive this business. For sure. Mm-hmm. And
0: how do you find the people to cut the ice sculptures?
2: I'm I'm a little bit in between on on one of my sculptors left this year. Uh, he was actually delivering for me and um, doing ice sculptures. So it's it, it's honestly down to me doing the ice sculpture right now. Until I would find someone else. But um, so if you know some someone who's nice, carver. Yeah. <laughs> I want
1: to contact
2: Matt. <laughs> it's uh pretty limited amount of people as far as I, I can tell so far. But uh yeah. So we're uh we're gonna be going along through the winter and uh at least the beginning part of the winter here me doing the sculpture which is fine. I it's something I really enjoy. Um, you know, in the evenings when we're done with our regular days when I'm in there you know, hacking away with the chainsaw. And <laughs> so it's fun. It's fun stuff. Okay, I'm glad it's you not me uh, <laughs> you
0: know, one of the rules of my Sandler class is artwork doesn't count. <laughs>
2: That's correct. That is correct. So are so a whole word. It art might,
0: might, might actually count.
2: <laughs> it does count. Yeah. Um, so the
0: market for ice sculptures is a lot of weddings
2: yeah it seems to be more this time of year um you know we we do sell some sculptures in the summer but if you're planning on getting a lot of time out of that that ice sculpture when it's 100 degrees out uh you're you're not going to get much so it seems to be more around the holidays and and, and weddings and um you know, with all the the, the drink leisures, it's it's more around the football football time of year and party time of year do
0: you actually stock the ice luges so that someone could order one and have it delivered the next day, or do they have to pre order
2: those? Uh, we, we prefer to have a couple of days, but I, we do make a basic uh, version of the luge. Uh, we got a, a single shot luge um, that is pre-made and we have a double shot luge that is pre-made and we actually keep those on a pallet and ready for order that could be delivered day out of the if, you know, if necessary So on your
0: website you have a picture of what a single shot and double shot luge is off
2: because i, I'm think lost is, I, I don't know what they, that that would be I, I i think there is uh there is in the blog section on the website there's a lot of different versions of different luges we've done uh showing more of the artwork that we've done and, um, What's the most unusual ice sculpture you've ever made? I, I don't think I can say that on the air, Mike. <laughs> is this a bachelor party? It or a bachelor. was a, yeah, a bachelor or a bachelorette party. It is uh, some, of the, some of the most interesting type luges we've done, for sure. Okay, um, so if you
0: have a bachelor or bachelorette party, talk the Matt off. <laughs> the type of
2: ice luge that you like? Correct. Yeah, we'll, we'll hook you up. <laughs> uh, one of the. One of the funner one, it, it, the Hell's Angels uh, biker gang called me one time for a luge, and we we came up with a pretty interesting concept for them too, which they really enjoyed. So it's it's pretty endless. We've done you know, lots of different versions of the luge, and we can make almost anything a luge, really. So you can get the artwork that you want, and at the same time, your your guests can have fun drinking drinking off of it.
0: So do you actually uh, take pictures of every luge that you've made?
2: Uh, there's probably been a few that have been missed, but uh, we we do we try to get get a shot of each one that, before it gets out the door for sure. Uh, that website does need to be updated. I'm behind on that. What's the average price of a luge
0: round numbers?
2: Our base, I, you know, I would really have to sit down. Um, okay, so custom call, say a custom luge. A
0: regular luge would cost. Uh, your
2: your basic luge, we have a pretty set uh price on our basic luge, is your single shot basic luge is, is picked up from our facility by you. Uh the start out is, is looking at about hundred and twenty bucks. Uh the double double luge uh you're looking and
0: what is the most expensive ice sculpture that anyone's ever asked you for?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Probably pushing a thousand bucks. A thousand bucks?
2: Mm-hmm. For three 300- hundred how um, cube of ice? Uh, it was multiple blocks, multi blocks. We were we were putting. It was a, a large scale project. We actually had to, to fuse many fuse many fusion. Uh, you actually take a clothes iron and heat metal and work your surfaces that you're gonna you're gonna put ice together with. It's called ice fusion or welding, welding of ice. So we we actually put multi blocks together to to form the full the full
0: sculpture. So after you make this thing, it's, 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 it sounds like it's weighing six, eight hundred pounds or more.
2: Yeah, in a lot of cases, you have to you have to do that on site. Uh, well, you got to do it on site. Mm-hmm. I don't think, how the heck did you move it? Right, and you you got to get the different pieces of it made, where how you're gonna put it together, and then once you're on site, you're actually fusing some pieces together, which can be difficult if the if the conditions aren't right to get that ice to stick together. Super glue.
0: <laughs> oh, that was a simple solution to a complex problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Never right. Never <laughs> right. The FDA, if, if you're listening, I didn't say super. Right. Okay. Uh, you know, over the years, you had a lot of uh, workers working for you. What are the characteristics of the type of people that you think make the best employees in your industry?
2: Uh, certainly, <clears throat> I'm looking for, I, w- I always say it uh, like this to uh to my brothers i'm looking for that that farm boy that has been running large equipment on his dad's farm for the rest of his life and you know he can handle large equipment and he's strong because that's what we need for this business is a is a strong man And, and and that being said i've also hired hired college aid kids that he you know didn't look like he uh, was going to be very strong. And, uh, you know, he turned out to be one of the best employees I've ever hired. Um, I need them, you know, they, they have to be able to talk. They gotta be, they're in front of the customer. They gotta be able to, uh, talk to the customer, uh, do what the customer needs them to do within reason. And, um, yeah, just be a gentleman and handle, handle himself well in front of my customer. I've, I've worked many years getting that customer and, um, and I make sure they know that before they're out in front of them and and losing that for me. How many interviews does someone have to go through to get hired by Avalanche? Uh, I I have a phone interview uh, that I initially speak with them on the phone where I can I can usually weed out a lot before I even bring them in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if that goes well, they're they're there in front of me for about a half hour, forty minutes. And typically uh, at that point they're filling out their application and I'm reviewing that. And there would just be a, a third phone call if they are qualified to work at avalanche, so usually there's there's three meetings, two on two by phone and one in person before they're hired. Yeah, one of the things that uh,
0: other people have told me has worked really well uh, when they've had turnover in the jobs, and I know you've had some turnover. right is uh, sending a prospective employee out for uh, a couple of hours or half a day. With existing employees for a in quotation marks
2: ride along. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how I hire all the drivers for sure. They they go through a preliminary period of a month uh, where they're not considered a full time employee. They're actually riding on the truck, learning the routes with another driver, and I get uh, pinpointed feedback from the existing uh, employee of how this guy's doing, um, and then I actually ride with them. I try to get out on the truck. Uh, one or two days to see for my for myself how they're you know how I can correct them and um, and that's how we that's how we go along for that preliminary period until they're a full employee. Mm-hmm. So when you add more
0: trucks to your fleet mm-hmm. for the next season, mm-hmm. uh, what type of trucks do
2: you think you're going to add? Well, like I said, we're, we're we're using those trucks. It goes by gross vehicle weight. Um, and we need that that CDL for all the trucks that I own presently. And I'm I uh, was just telling you off the air earlier that I'm going to be changing that. I I got to keep a couple trucks that are of that weight size. But as I go forward, wearing trucks out and and getting new trucks, uh, we're going to go under that gross vehicle weight that that we need to have that a commercial driver's license for. So I can hire, I can find that that responsible kid that doesn't need the CDL that can handle handle the truck and we we can go along uh carrying less weight at one time but um you know we'll just have to fill that truck more throughout the day um these guys are on a good weekend they're they're refilling that truck two three times Uh, they're going out and coming back in about noon refilling coming back in about three refilling and then so i imagine fuel cost is a major consideration for you it is it's uh and it's been a problem this year. Diesel fuel has been at a um, a premium for sure, and we're we're having to fight that out in the marketplace and with our customers and the and the cost of the ice for sure. So we're gonna to suggest to you that you talk to Brian Bielhauser about
0: converting one of your diesel trucks to a electric truck.
2: I'm all for it if he can if he can solve that problem, um, for sure. If it, if he's got an electric motor that can that can handle the weight that we're hauling. Hey. He's doing it up and over the Rhine, I'll connect
0: you up with him. All right. Uh that might make some sense. Uh Matt, do you have any last last uh pieces of advice for any of our listeners?
2: Sure. Um, you know, I, I got started in this business. Uh, I'm a small business owner and all you guys and ladies out there uh with your own small business, um yeah, you know, it, 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 it does take a lot of time, it takes a lot of work, uh definitely work smart. Uh, there is a lot of, you know, hard work involved in it, but work smart. Uh, one of the smarter things that I have done, uh, in learning the business and in the sales into of this business is coming here, Mike, uh, to the Sandler sales training for sure. Uh, it helped me greatly. Uh, I was kind of spinning my wheels out there in the sales, in the sales field and this gave me some structure to what I need to do to, to keep and gain more customers. So I guess my, uh, my bottom line is persist and, uh, work smart. Well, thanks a lot Matt. Thank uh, you. I want to tell everyone uh
0: what's coming up in the next couple of Sandler classes. We have two classes on goal setting the uh next two consecutive uh, Fridays and the following Monday on October first can't believe it's October already. We're going to have the magic of seven in Sandler so if you think you know all of Sandler, this is a new new class you and more difficult advanced class, but a great uh, deal of good material in there. And uh, Matt, for uh, agreeing to appear on the show, I'm going to give you a copy of Sandler's newest book, The, Seven, the 11 Sandler Insights. It's the follow up to the book from about two years ago, The 49 Sandler Rules. Uh, this one came out on the The first of uh, May, immediately shot to number one on Amazon, and then was followed by being number one on the Wall Street Journal list. So it's it's a great read. Electric thanks, Sandler insights, new material uh, from Dave Matson and Bruce Seidman.
2: Perfect. I great. appreciate
0: it. Hey, I really appreciate you coming in on the show in the last minute and filling in. No problem. Hey, thanks a lot, and we'll have another show on tomorrow.
1: Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at Mike Roth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400.